The Triathlon Hour is brought to you by Pillar Performance. If you train and realize how important sleep is to you being your best, then head to Pillar Performance's website and get yourself some triple magnesium. Use the discount code HTT20 for 20% off. And then once it gets to you, start taking your triple magnesium 45 minutes before bed every night and watch how much better you sleep and therefore how much better you feel every single morning. And if you're in America, it's available to you exclusively through thefeed.com. The 20% discount code of HTT20 still works there too. So we're here at week nine. One more week, but uh, we'll start with uh, this week and get this one done. Uh, yeah, once again, another awesome guest for today. He's been around for quite some time, kind of around that kind of Brownlee era. But um, I'll get you, uh, get you, yeah, get into your seat because this is going to be a really cool one. Um, he's a Frenchman. He's done everything. He's a two-time Super League champion. Um, through 2018, 2019, it was pretty much trying to figure out the Da Vinci code to try and crack this guy. Um, and still to this day, um, it's pretty much impossible when he's on tip top form. He's a mixed team relay Tokyo 2020 bronze medalist taking the French over the line in 2020. He's coached by Joel Filio and one of the kind of one of the first guys, uh, that's with Joel Filio. He's from, I'll probably butcher this completely but he's from Vincel, France. Um, he's a junior world champion. He's a European champion. He's a two-time WTCS champion. Ladies and gentlemen, we have on the show Vincent Lewis. How are you, mate? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What a nice intro. Oh, we, we try our best these days, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting better and better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, thank you. Thank you. Feel uh, feel honored to be here, to be one of your guests. I think that's pretty cool what you're doing with the podcast. So yeah, thank you for having me. No, it's really cool to have you because obviously, you know, I think you're, you know, you've been to the Summer Olympics in 2012, 2016, 2020. Um, so it's going to be actually really cool to kind of get your insights, especially leading into, into Paris. You know, we've had the Brownlee, Brownlee brothers on, uh, but we've obviously got you on now, um, and we talked to them uh, a little bit about kind of that um, that London Olympics and a home games, and obviously Paris is next year, and it's going to be a home games for you. Um, so it's going to be yeah, it's going to be pretty really cool to get some some insights and also, um, you know, have a talk about uh, your career and and how everything's been over the last you know 10, 15 years as you've just been completely dominant. If I look back, you know, since two thousand eight all the way to twenty twenty. So yeah, super excited to kind of you know get amongst it and just yeah have a have a good yarn. And uh, before we kick off, how are you, Hamish? Good to have you back on the show. Yeah, mate. It feels like it's been a while between drinks, but we're back. Um, yeah, you know it's been a it's been a star-studded <laughs> lineup that we've had so far. But you know I don't think it gets too much better than having a uh, Mr. Vincent here on the uh, here on the podcast, and I'm actually really excited to sit down and have a wee bit of a chat about him um, and and with him as well because, you know, I really only started watching triathlon when Hayden started, like, coming out. So 
Uh, Super League is a massive thing that I was watching back in the days and how dominant Vince was. So I can't wait to kind of get the insights of all of that and also some WTCS racing and how cool it's going to be for him to represent his home country under the Eiffel Tower in Paris there. So it's going to be a bloody good episode. I'm keen. Let's do it. Yeah, and like just for an example, just to, before we like set the scene and and uh, kind of get Vince's backstory, um, I think when I first did Super League back in 2018, uh, I came seventh and I was actually super stoked to get seventh. But I think Vince still beat me by about two minutes, so just gives you a show <laughs> the quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good memories. <laughs> I think it's over. <laughs> I think it's over like 15 minutes of racing. <laughs> Chuck two minutes on the kid. <laughs> But anyway, man, like, yeah, um, welcome to the show. And I, I guess let's, as we do with all of our guests, we like to do like a 20 minute segment of just kind of getting to know who you are and where you've, where you've come from and kind of how it all began and kind of where you are now. And um, yeah, I'll let you take the stage and, and um, yeah, hear about yourself. Um, so yeah, I'm, um, I'm 34, uh, just, just turned 34. So quite uh Quite a bit older than you now, and make me realize. Uh, <laughs> I kind of forgot. It's it's yeah, sad still, you still uh, kick still, our ass at thirty four. <laughs> still trying, still surviving. Um, so yeah, as you said, uh, from Vesoul, um, uh, it's kind of east part of France, kind of close to Switzerland. Uh, stayed there until I was fourteen or fifteen. Uh, basically, just swimming, doing my uh, my studies. Then I uh, I went to um, some sort of national training center like sports school dorm like board school that we have here uh but nothing fancy like just bunk beds and having a lot of good with the friends and and just uh basically the best years of my life discovering everything about life how to uh to do a washing and how to save money <laughs> or take a train back home in the weekend and all that uh, first nightclub first everything nice um so i stayed there for three years until uh until i was 18 graduated and then um well basically my parents told me uh, you're gonna have to uh, find a job or do something with your life, and um, and yeah, I, I told my dad. Well, my dad is um, he arrived in France when he was 16. He migrated from from uh, Portugal and did not speak the language, nothing. So he just had to like work hard to to make his uh, his money and just make a living. And so when you're 18 and you tell your dad that um, you want to be a professional triathlete, and and I'm talking I'm talking like 20 years ago, it barely existed. Um, we were barely, we were not even at the Olympics yet. So, um, yeah, well, he told me, well, you're going to start to, uh, prove yourself because I'm not really going to support you much. Like you, you, you deal with your stuff. So yeah, that's what I did. And this year, I think I won a junior world champs. So that was, uh, that was kind of a good, good boost for everything. And I managed to find a good French team that I'm still with now that kind of paid for ACOM and, and everything. So yeah, started in a little studio and moved to Paris, stayed there for four or five years and um, moved a bit around. Um, did my first WTCS or uh, WTS, as WTC or WTS as we called it back in the days. Um, <laughs> in 2011, maybe 2011, yeah. We were we were getting smashed every single race by Alistair, just breaking away by himself <laughs> and winning races. That was that was yeah. not fun, but anyway. Um dragged my way to the, my first Olympics. And um, yeah, just just I was just there because they picked me. Like I, I had no clue what I was doing. And I had the best time <laughs> of my life with um with awesome. and, and David Host. That was that was really cool. Really cool. They were like two like older brothers for me. And um and yeah, from there. 
one Olympic to another. And, uh, and here, here I am maybe going for my fourth Olympics. And, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a cool stretch. Um, time goes, uh, time goes by too quick, I guess, because, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun, but I'm, I'm certain there's still a, a lot more to come. You know, you've been through like so many Olympic cycles and like, I've only in, in reality, like if we, well, if it was normally in 2019, I've only been through one and I, like, but you know, I was stuck in New Zealand and, and all that sort of stuff. So like just going through one Olympic camp, I know how like fatiguing it is on the body, like mentally and uh, physically. So to be through nearly your fourth one, man, that's, it's a massive commitment, you know, like it's kind of you, you train for four years for this one time and you just hope everything goes well. And it's like a massive commitment. You don't want to, as, as you probably know, like you don't want to, you don't want to peak too early, like a year before, but you don't want to obviously peak too late. Um, and you want to kind of keep as consistent as possible um, through those kind of times. And like, I know you've had your struggles as well. And I think, you know, when we talked to Richard Murray about his heart condition, you know, I know that you've had some, some kind of some health issues with your heart. Like, you know, do you want to talk, talk us through that and how you've overcome that? Cause I know that was like quite a big, a big part in your, in your career uh, coming through the ranks. Yeah, I did. Um, actually, it started the first time in in 2013 at uh, I think it was the grand final in London, maybe. And um, and you know, uh, a few months before, we had a few issues with Laurent Vidal. Like he he, he would like blacked out during races. Yeah, and yeah. There, there are like tons sure. of videos of you can you can see him and uh, and basically they um, they were kind of wondering if they should stop him from racing. And um, and so this thing kind of happened to me. Like I, I had. Um, Every time I would I would lay down or, or stop exercising, my heart would like skip beats and that would feel really weird. And um, and I remember talking to him and he, I mean, think, thinking about it now, it's 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 completely stupid. But well, we were kids, but he told me, my advice is don't tell anyone because they'll stop you from racing. But um, <laughs> well, I um, I did ask the physio back then. I said, oh, do you feel it's normal? And he say no. And I say, well, don't tell anyone because I, I want to race. I had the grand final in five days, so I don't care. <laughs> and uh, well, he had to tell the, the doctor. Uh, we went for uh, we were in London and we went to an hospital. They did an ECG and they uh, they basically told me, oh, you can't leave the hospital now. You have to stay here. Good. And wow. I was like, well, no, I'm racing in, in four days, so I'm I'm leaving. So I basically escaped the hospital. Went back to the hotel and the doctor said, "No, no, you you can't race." And um, we called this guy in France. He's he's a cardiologist, like like cardiologist, really really good doctor. And he said, "Well, you can call this guy in London. He's he's the best of the best in the UK. Call him." And we called the guy, and the guy said, "Oh, well, I would like to help you, but my only issue is uh, I'm on duty this weekend for the World Triathlon in London." <laughs> well, sweet, that's what I'm racing. <laughs> so, well, the best guys on the job then. Perfect. Oh yes, I, I was really lucky because back then I was like sixth, sixth or fifth overall in the series, like 20, 2013. That was that was big for me. So I was like, well, I want to race. Yeah. I want to get a good race. And um, I, I had to did like a VO2 max test like the day before the race, and and they cleared oh. me for racing. But they say, well, this is the last race you can do, and I'll monitor you after the finish, and then. Um, You'd have to go under surgery right after the race. Holy. So I did the race. I think I finished fourth or fifth. Um, everything was fine. And then uh, and then yeah, I had the first intervention at the end of 2013. Basically, ablation of, of like a little nerve in my uh, in my heart. So they go through wow. the femoral artery. It's it's yeah, it's all right. It's not painful, but it's just not fun. 
yeah. and um and yeah that was the first thing and then um then everything went well everything was okay and in 2018 Bermuda it kind of happened again so I had to pull out of the race but I kind of kept it for myself I was like well I don't want to I want to I don't want to go through this thing again because it's really like yeah. It's not, I think Richard, the big difference with Richard Murray is it's really recurrent with him. Like it happens a lot. Yeah. And for me, it was maybe like once, twice a year, but it happened under like big stress, kind of a race yeah. or something. And then um, it happened to me in Yokohama last year again. But like, that was crazy. Like I was 230 heart rate for like an hour. Oh, holy. And, um, so yeah, I pulled out of the race. Um, we did a few medical checks. They let me fly home. And as soon as I landed, they they ran a few tests on me, and everything seemed clear. So they were like, "Oh, you're right. You can you can just go up to front, train." And I was back uh, leading into Leeds, I think the one you won. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I um I was just training in front, and basically ten days before the race, before Leeds, they called me. The federation calls me like, "Oh, we we took your your try license away. You can't race anymore." Really, really. Yeah, and I'm like, well. You told me like you told me two weeks ago I can race and everything was fine. So what's the deal now? Uh basically what we did uh almost 10 years ago, it grew up again and uh you have to do it again. And I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll do it. Just just like now I drive down, I do the surgery and I race in 10 days. And then they say, Well, deal. So I, I drove down. I mean Drew Box, he drove me down and I was in and out in four hours, had another heart surgery 10, 10 days before Holy. Leeds. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I was on the start line. And um, yeah, you know, uh, the full story of like, wanted to do one more lap on the bike and everything at this race. I think my mind was just somewhere else. And yeah, I did well, not count laps on the bike. And, fair enough. And uh, yeah, so from there, touch wood, but uh, everything's fine. Uh, I mean, I, I have to go every year through like a really deep testing. Um, yeah, wow. But well, it's all right. I feel good. And uh, every 10 years, I'm um, a couple of grams lighter from this thing getting uh, <laughs> off the body. <laughs> but yeah, the good thing and where I'm I'm kind of uh, good is that it's safe for me. It can't be lethal for me. So worst case scenario, okay. oh, I can feel really dizzy or faint or something, but it, it won't be lethal. So that's that's the good, that's the really good uh, story on my side. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when I, when I think back about it, even the chat with Laurent Vidal when he said, oh, don't tell anyone and all that. And I see that now we lost him. It's like, I, I kind of like sometimes feel about, like feel, think about him and say, well, if, if, if only we knew back then, we would have done things yeah. differently. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when you, when you, win, when you win the thing, you're just thinking about the next race and the next training mm. and all that. But then it makes you realize there's way more important than just uh, training and racing. Yeah. yeah I, I can, I completely understand that because like, I know, I, I don't know if it's like a triathlon thing or, or even just like a, 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 a top sports thing, but there's, there's, there is a, there is a lot of that kind of, I guess, um, that mindset where if someone does get injured or, or someone has something bad, they like to keep it to themselves, which I, you know, it's a personal thing and stuff as well. Um, but I guess there's that whole, I think, you know, with triathlon now, there's that whole mixed team relay thing happening. So you kind of want to know if you're, your team is a hundred percent. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's, um, it's a hard thing to balance. You know, you, you don't want to, um, tell people that you're, you're sick or you're cause you want to race cause everyone loves to race, but also there's that kind of that team aspect there now. So has that kind of, I guess, changed your kind of thought process about that? Like, um, with all this kind of mixed team relay, um, stuff now included into the Olympics. Uh, do you think like the mindset of people, 
around kind of getting injured or getting sick and being what kind of a bit more open about it is, is getting better in that kind of in that kind of area yeah yeah uh, i guess uh, i guess you're right i think we've mixed team relay and everything you i mean you want on one side you want your team to win or to, to mm. do the best possible but on the other side you don't want to be the weak link of the team so you also don't want to show up like half yeah. feet and, and and be blamed for it and um yeah i do also believe that um that social media are a big thing but uh, you can't really hide anymore i mean yeah. you know yeah. uh, we all have this bank of running pictures that we post now and then, but you can't, you can't, you can't trick the world forever, you know? <laughs> you can't trick the world forever. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, is it something I've kind of evolved on it? Like um, now if, if something goes wrong, I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling it and it's fine. Mm. I think, I think people were a bit afraid on top of like other, other athletes to know they were also afraid about sponsors and stuff, you know, sometimes yeah, maybe yeah, a bit, yeah. uh, afraid of that but i think now also all my sponsors i've been for at least 10 years with them so i can i can really like directly communicate and and yeah and, and they'll stay they'll stay by my side for the highs and the lows so it's it's quite good it's also a lot less pressure as soon as you like say oh yeah i'm injured it's gonna take six weeks that's it like you don't have to justify you don't have to hide you don't have to tell stories to whoever it just it just yeah, yeah you did yeah. it and and you you get a timeline and you know when you're back and i think that's the best I definitely think I was in your mentality where if like if I was a bit sick or if I was like a little had a bit of a niggle, like I'd probably still want to race and kind of keep it to myself. But I've kind of like changed my mentality a little bit personally as well. Like ideally, like a hundred percent, I would have raced Sunderland uh, mixed team relay behind um, the individual event. But I know I was pretty like I wasn't a hundred percent, and I know there was like some some bigger picture races coming out with the obviously the Paris test event. So. Like ideally, I didn't want to race the mixed team relay, so I kind of gave it to one of the the younger athletes to get that opportunity. But uh, I thought, unfortunately, they uh, both both of our reserves got like really really sick and was in bed for uh, for the whole day and nearly had to go to hospital post Sunderland. Um, whether it was food poisoning, whether it was water quality, we uh, we we don't really know, but kind of had to race as well so uh i was a bit i was a bit gutted there but still you know you want to do everything you want to do for the team and i think it kind of brings like a, a new kind of like i guess view into racing which, which is quite nice yeah i was going to bring up it's pretty much you know what vince was saying a little bit earlier um he, he pretty much answered what i was going to say but it's like you know when when you're a younger person up and coming when that first um you know scare happened with vince he wouldn't have had all the sponsor stuff back in him. And as a kid, you're just like, shit, man, like, you know, you made that promise to your parents that I'm going to go do this. I'm going to sort this out. This is going to be my life. You know, if if you had gone and got that check then and there, that could have been it for you. And you're like, well, what do I fall back on? Like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's probably a lot of triathletes out there that are in the same thing. But you guys are obviously both in a very fortunate position now where, you know, you, you're at the peak. You're at the peak of it. Vince has been there, you know, for years and years and years. Hayden's probably just got that comfortability now with the sponsorships and stuff like it, it that's obviously a great thing but like what's it like do you reckon and, and what advice this is for just like younger up-and-coming people from both of you like like what what do you say to them in that fact if they don't have anything to fall back on at the moment yeah, well, it's a um, it's a tough question. I mean, uh, I kind of played all in, so uh, but I would not recommend yeah. doing this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I spent. I mean, after I graduate, I maybe spent two weeks in university, so I have zero school background. 
Uh, I had to work at a bike shop some night shift, like building like shit kids bikes and cheap mountain bikes just to, <laughs> just to pay the rent and stuff like that. You know, this thing. Yeah. They came out of the box. They already are broken, but it's, yeah, that, it, it is what it is. And um, yeah, I'm just, I just think um, elite sports not easy. You've seen the, you see, you see the bright side of it. It's, it's social media, YouTube and everything. It's, it's all, there's the bright side. And, and every time, a, anyway, if someone posts about like, something going wrong there's just there's all there's a silver lining for them it's it's never like it's never ending like oh yeah this guy is now doesn't have money work at macas or stuff like that it it never ends like that because yeah. if it, if it does people won't show you so yeah, yeah and it can happen like i've seen i've seen and i know many people i've seen guy they had like great like great talent they have like big expectation everyone was saying yeah they'll be they'll be like good athletes and and now they, they're doing nothing some of them are just security agent at the at the supermarket and stuff like that because yeah well that's reality so mm, so yeah. make sure make sure you do the things right make sure you have a backup plan if you're not 100 certain you can you can still study it's fine it's it's all right it's gonna take time but at least it's gonna give you some some discipline and a, and a routine that you'll have to, that you'll have to follow. And, and not everybody can be an Olympic medalist when he's 21 or 23 and, yeah. um, and it's all right. Um, there are a lot of people that, that do sports, um, just not being like elite athletes and traveling the world and everything. But if you want to do like, I think a sport as an elite, try, try to like, Make it a living and not surviving. I don't think it's fun when you when you do have to like really struggle to make it a living. I think it's uh, I think it's hard. I've I've seen I've seen many people just traveling the world, and if one thing happened, then they then they stuck. They can't travel even back home. Or I mean, um, I remember listening to a Brad Bay podcast with uh, I, I I don't want to make a mistake between the two brothers, Zane Zane or oh yeah Zane yeah Zane, pretty much um, they're in the yeah yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he, he said basically at the end of the day he had no money and he could not travel back home and and that's why he he made uh, he, he made a mistake and yeah. um, that's that's the thing you don't want to do because yeah. you don't want to be with your back on the wall and and I think and I think as long as you're having fun you don't feel pressure and you feel like you're doing it for the good reasons I think it's I think it's fine and you can take risk of course you can gamble on yourself and I think that's fine but you always need to keep in mind that it's it's a big picture project it's your life it's not about mm -hmm. like waking up tomorrow and going for the training it's about yeah. like uh, where you see yourself in a year in three years and, and also setting goals that you think are achievable and and also making sure that the, you know what it takes to get there because everyone wakes up and say oh i want to be olympic medalist i want to be olympic champion yeah well yeah. everyone i hope everyone does but then it's what it takes to do it i mean hayden you you know it better than anyone it's just it's not easy. There are more days when you're adopting that day that you're like, oh, I'm gonna do it. And and there are more days where it's it's hard and it's easy. I mean, of course you have days you feel awesome, you're doing like rides in, in awesome places and everything. But yeah, there's also all the rides when you call, all the rides when you're like under the rain, all mm. the rides when you feel like you don't want to run and, and all that. Mm. The, sometimes when the pool is the the pool, the wall at the pool is going backward and everything, it's it's just those yeah. days and and you have to when you when you're a young kid and and you want to be those athletes that you see on TV or on YouTube you have to make sure that you're ready to uh, you're ready to go through this and that's basically 75% of your life yeah exactly yeah, and like crazy. as you said social media is a powerful thing and like you know i would say 99% of the time people always put up the nice things um but they actually <laughs> yeah. don't see the the crap that goes behind you know like 
you know, being a, a person from New Zealand now, um, you know, based in living in Andorra, you know, you're so far from a place that used to be uh, very familiar that you kind of had to make yourself familiar in a place that was kind of foreign, but now you kind of, over the years, you make the, 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 the place that feels like home for you, um, home, I guess. And I guess it's the same for you. You know, you live in Girona now and, you know, it probably took a while for you to, to, to find a place to call home, um, for the same as me. And, you know, I think, uh, for me personally, I think the way that I work really well is when I feel really kind of, and when I find a place and it feels really familiar, it feels homely and you just train a little bit nicer and the days go a little bit quicker and you can kind of relax into the day. You know, you don't have to wake up super, super early. You can kind of just work into the day really nice and just like I think doing the little things and enjoying the little things really makes the hard days more satisfying. And for me, like now it's really nice to come into my apartment and just go like, oh, I can just like splay out on the couch because for four years mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do that because I was just staying in Airbnbs and hotels and 90% of the time they were shoebox kind of apartments where they only had a bed and you couldn't really do too much. And like I, I resemble quite a lot in my at the start of my career where you know i was working like a, a landscape job so you know working at work swimming at 5 a.m with the swim squad and going and doing landscaping for seven hours of the day then going doing some more training and like i did that for three years and it was the hardest years of my life and i think that's what made me who i am today is because like i knew like i was like fuck i don't want to do that for the rest of my life like grinding and trying to do a professional sport like that was as much as I enjoyed the job like the the way the quality of living just like just continuously being on the grind for you know every day for like you know four hours of training and eight hours of like a work day is insane like kudos to people that still have to do it and 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 grind to get to the top and I'm just in like a fortunate position where where I was uh, where I was successful in some races and it kind of gave me that that mentality of you know competing well but also that super league contract where in 2018 where you know uh, a week before going to Jersey the racing you guys I've never raced any of you guys before and then getting like a, a top seven uh, and also like a week before that thinking like well I'm not going to turn up or I'm not going to take this ticket because I couldn't afford it so for super league to take the bill and, and chuck you on a flight from New Zealand uh, to Jersey was like was like was like massive, and then that first time I ever raced you guys in the World Series was in Hamburg, and it was just next level. Like it was just like an insane race, you know. Instead of fifteen guys on a short little course in Jersey, it turned to fifty five guys, and it was like holy crap, I'm way out of my depth here. And that's kind of go. how it started was getting the experiences, and then finally learning how to actually like hone in on your your sport and your graft, and then like using it because i feel like everyone is trains and uh trains very similar but you know it's 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 a different thing connecting that into like a race situation like i know so many people that would kick my ass in training and i would be like pretty down on the dumps but then they would come to racing and they just don't have that like racing mentality if you you know this i feel like there's quite a lot of triathletes like that they they're insane trainers but they just can't put them together in the race you know yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I understand what you say. I think, I think, I just think there, there are, there are multiple kind of athletes. But for me, there are two big kinds: is the one that race for purpose and the one that race because 
it's it's just where they where they ended up and and i know yeah, so yeah. many so many people and especially french or or even like i was i was chatting about some people from italy um they they some of them they live in a comfort zone it's it's crazy because you know i mean if you're french for example you you get a contract with your team like for racing grand prix maybe let's say you race three four grand prix you get if you top athletes you get 50 60 grounds a year for racing yeah. Then you can get a contract with the army or with like the government or with the police or whatever. You get another 30, 35 grand. Then you set. What do you want to do? Yeah. You, you make yeah. 85 a year for racing French Grand Prix. And well, you're going to race a few World Cups. Then you show up at World Series, finish top 15, top 20. And for, to, 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 to do that safely, you got to train, what, 20 hours a week, 22 hours a week. Mm. That's it. And why, why? Like I had this chat, I remember back then with um, with a few guys and I'm like, and I told them, but don't don't you want to don't you want to try harder and try to be world champion? And they're like, well, no, yeah. because you know I make I make more money than like three quarter of the French people living living in France, and then I only have to race French Grand Prix, and I can still go out on Saturday evening with my friends, and yeah. and that's it. But yeah, it's it's a it's a low key vision, it's a low like expectation, but fair enough. I respect that vision as long as you're honest with yourself. But yeah. I think I think when we have a say in French, we say when you taste the vinegar, you you appreciate even more the honey. And I think that's that's exactly that because yeah, well, I don't want to get back working night shift at the bike shop. I don't <laughs> want to get back living in a garage yeah. with a bed at the back just because that's whatever I could afford back then. And um yeah, it's not it's not about now being in a kind of BS luxury lifestyle, but it's more like, well, I I I, I know I can work and I can get this and and I and I appreciate it and and you know as you were saying like with the couch thing like yesterday and two days ago I was just back down in town after the swim stop for coffee at the terrace and I was just like doing nothing but I'm like well that's if that's my life I want it to last really really long because yeah. that's definitely <laughs> life <laughs> yeah 100% hey Vince I would love to ask do like as you were saying just then about those guys that do the French Grand Prix and stuff and and you know they're just content like i guess they're just content doing that like do you think that the french grand prix because of that is a blessing and a curse it's obviously a blessing because it gives you the platform to then potentially kick on but then also a little bit of a curse because you know like the likes of you know hayden and, and the australian guys and, and a lot of dudes from across the world they don't have these teams that they can just jump into and it's kind of fight or flight so that's kind of where the hunger and all of that comes from so do you think it's like a little blessing and a curse that some people get comfortable and go sweet shit out i'm just gonna stay here and then you don't get the creme de la, like, you know, you could have a lot more, like, don't get me wrong, the French athletes on the WTCS are crazy at the moment. You, you know, they just smacked Hayden on the couple of weekends ago. Um, <laughs> but do you think it is a little bit of a blessing and a curse in that fact? Yeah, yeah, I agree 100% with what you're saying. Back then, we did not have World Series. We did not have Super League. We did not have all the junior races that was, like, as as a I was a junior and I was racing elite county cup that was Olympic distance. There was not even sprint distance back then, and yeah. um, so French Grand Prix was kind of the race you can make some money and you can race the best in the world. Like because it was sprint distance, you can race like whenever it was in the calendar, even a week before World Cup, you can still still go and race it. So that was yeah. quite good. And back then it was, I mean, it was a lot better. Now sometimes you race on parking lots and all that, and it was it was a lot lot better that was real racing like basically the french yeah. grand prix back then were the world cups we have now so it was it yeah. was really good and 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 the french um back then i mean 
business was booming. We have so we had so much money. Teams were rich as and and government was really into sport. They were giving a lot of money and and I've seen teams paying athletes like cash behind a minivan and and that was that was it. <laughs> we would travel back. I remember a story with Dodzi. You know, Dodzi was coming back oh, from the French Dodzi. Grand Prix and he had his car broken in and he lost all his stuff <clears> at the Grand Prix or something like that. But you know, it's it's it was it's always been like that. That was good time and and yeah. every race you had. You had the two Brownlee brothers. You had Mario Mola, Fernando Alaza, Rafi yeah. Gomez, Brad Kalfeld. Everyone was there. Everyone was racing. And for us as juniors, it was awesome because you, you could race these guys and that was the only opportunity. You were 16, 17, 18. You had no access to walk up, but you could race these guys and you could like measure yourself. So that was really good. But then, you know, I think there was there, there were less, less money for the team. So they, they, they could pay the athlete less. So they had less good athletes like often or they will pay like uh, one yeah. off or two races or three races a year you could not like pay the athletes enough to commit and then next to this you have all the events with big money like pto like 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 super league like everything and and end of the mm-hmm. year you still want to be world champion and now you to be world champion you have to race six seven times a year so yeah. it's it's different back then you could target a race in september with world champion and until then you could do whatever it doesn't matter if you're racing world cup or french grand prix you're still racing the highest level and still making money but yeah, we, we had kind of a transition time when they tried to keep the athletes. They tried to pay a lot. The French athletes, we've, be, we've been paid a lot. I remember we had to put a salary cap at, I think, something like... It was like mental, like 100 grand a year for an athlete, for a French sure. athlete to race. And, um, but, but then money was, money was starting to like be missing a bit and, and, then, and then more races. And then, yeah, so now I think it's a bit, it's a bit going downhill. They're trying to like restart it. I... I I'm 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 talking like on a like I don't know every every two months I'm talking with the French Federation. I told him they need to reintroduce prize money to races. So if people have a choice between World Cup and and, and Grand Prix, they'll go to a Grand yeah. Prix. But it's hard work, you know. We yeah, yeah. we don't even have a we don't even have a World Cup in France. We uh, yeah we barely have now a test event. They want to keep it a World Series, but I think when they're gonna see the bill, they they won't keep it. But you know, it's um it's 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 big big work. And French Grand Prix is like I don't know 10, 15 years old now. So it's they want to keep it, but I think they need to renew it. And 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 I told them if you want the best athletes, cash is king. Yeah, and like. Even even you can even see it with the Bundesliga as well. Like the Bundesliga is is not what it was. Like I I still haven't raced the Bundesliga, but everyone says like oh, Bundesliga is awesome. But the same things happened. But I think Bundesliga kind of dropped off the cliff more than the French Grand Prix. Like I th- I feel like like if if like any opportunity that I have to go and race a French Grand Prix and it works well, hundred percent I'll go and race. Um, just because I really enjoy. I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy the team atmosphere and going to Lolo's and, you know, having like wine and, and, and dinner at like 12 <laughs> o'clock before the race. And like, you know, it's just like, it's serious, but it's not also. And just like the atmosphere of his, like, especially his, his team and his family, you just go there and they're just like, like, you just feel like it's world champs every single week because like they just, the, the passion is like insane. And that's why I really enjoy actually racing, just the passion for the racing. And they, it still brings massive crowds. Like, I don't know what it was like 10 years ago, but the crowds are still insane. Like I remember when, I think, what was it? I think it was like when yourself and Christian and, and Mario raced and the boys came back from, from the French Grand Prix in Paris. And, you know, it was like a super early race and it was like, kind of like, in a, in a way like a mimic of the uh of the paris test event and there was like a sprint course and they came back after that race and like it was just crazy like 
we were going like 50 60k screaming down like the main like road to paris and <laughs> there was like cop cars 200 meters in front of us stopping traffic and just like boosting through like just st- <laughs> stuff like that is just chaos but it's like epic at the same time <laughs> gnarly yeah no french grand prix is nice and and i think you uh you found yourself a good team i, I like i like lolo and um I mean, I've been loyal to my team for now. I've signed there in 2007, so wow. I'm not going to leave now. And, and they've been really, really nice with me, really helpful. But yeah, I've, I've always told Lolo, like, if there's one team I'll go, uh, if I have to leave mine, that would be that would be your team. I think, I think <laughs> yeah. it's a, he's, a, he's a great person, really honest and, and straight. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, you also have the freedom. That's a good thing we believe in. It's you have the freedom of your sponsors, of everything. So I mm. think that's good. And and he really takes good care of the athletes. So every time, every time one of the guys that trains with me in the squad, they wanna they wanna go in a French team. I, I just I just hook them up with uh, with Lauren because I think he's <laughs> a great guy. If you aren't wearing Form Smart goggles when you swim, then you need to be. They are, in my opinion, by far the most underrated piece of triathlon training equipment that exists. None of us would ever run or ride without our GPS watch or device, but so many people swim without it, and it's probably indicative as to why it seems so much harder to improve in the water for everyone because we all obsess and spend lots of time and effort, energy, money into making our bike and run better, but our swim becomes almost an afterthought or something that we just like get up and slug through or finish work and slug through rather than are excited about improving. So I just think you should stop making that mistake and get yourself some form smart goggles and Finally start swimming with purpose and using like the live pace and timing data to make that easier. If you want to get some, then use the discount code HTT15 when you buy them for 15% off. It also gets you a free 12-month premium membership to form. Like quickly coming back onto you, you know, I know like you've gone, you've, you've been going through quite a, a rough period with, with injury. Um, I guess like, you know, you came into the, I guess the end of last year, like super hot. It was so good to see you win Bermuda. I know a few weeks before you were kind of, you were quite down and uh, you didn't know what to do with the sport, but then you came out and, and won Bermuda and I was sitting on my couch and I was like, um, in some ways like, man, you've just done me a solid for the world series. But also I was like super stoked to see you win that race. And the way, the way you did it was just so just signature events, like, you led the swim, you were dominant on the bike, and then you just ran away with it. And it was just like, it was a pure masterclass. I don't think, you, you just don't get athletes these days that can lead a swim and that can that can drive a bike. And, and I think the respect you have in the group, everyone's like, okay, if Vince is barking at me, we know this this group is on, like, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and then obviously your run prowess is, is second to none as well. Uh, and then you came into obviously Bermuda uh, World Champs, and once again you you did you did one for the team, and it was the it was the best tactic I've ever seen in my life, really. In in a triathlon where yourself and the the French just had the perfect swim, um, you, you surrounded yourself around Leo, um, and then gave him the best opportunity to win the World Series, which he later on went and did. Uh, but also you grabbed yourself a seventh for doing so much work like completely bearing yourself like you still stayed away from the chase group that had gustav and christian and yourself and, and dorian but just completely bearing you guys bearing yourself to to bring the you know the world title back to france which was awesome just incredible to see a world-class athlete like yourself um also uh, helping a teammate but also getting 
um, a top 10 at a world champs for, um, you know, heading into that race, probably not fresh off the bike because you're doing so much of the work. And, and then obviously uh, in March where you started the season off back in Abu Dhabi, where you placed fourth with a sprint finish with your other French uh, contabriates. I think it was, uh, was it fourth, fifth and sixth um, that day as well. So yeah, like tell um, tell us how your your injuries are going. I know you've been. I think you've been running on Mount Everest at five thousand seven hundred meters uh, <laughs> in the um, Alter G, which is like is feathering. So, like, yeah, how's that all going? And you know how you're looking uh, for the end of the season. Yeah. So yeah, you you you've done a pretty good resume there. Uh, so last year, well. I think I think mentally I just wasn't there when you know I had uh, I had this uh, heart issue and then uh, I ra- I raced leads and um, and after I um, you know some some personal shit went on and and everything and I had to deal with that but I've got injured a couple of weeks before um, Cagliari I think last year so maybe September or something like that I uh, I told my Achilles and and yeah I had to go uh, through a bit of a process but. Um, then uh, I managed to make it back for uh, Bermuda, and uh, I was honestly I wasn't sure what to expect with it. I was like, "Well, I'm I'm training well and everything. I'm in front. I'm I'm feeling okay-ish, but there's nothing insane." And I remember actually, it's funny because we talked about that not long ago. Because um, on the Tuesday I had a run session, and because I was just back, I was so far back from the boys, I had to do my run session by myself. And I went for a run session in the morning with with um, with Drew Box and um, was following me on the bike and mate. With this run session, I could not even win the women's race. Like I was, I was terrible. Oh. <laughs> I was terrible. Like I remember the run session was that was on the Tuesday before the race in Bermuda. That was five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one minute, and with two minutes recovery or whatever. Carbon shoes, perfect, perfect flat road, everything. I, I could barely reach 320 per K yeah. on the five minutes. And the last one minute yeah. all out, I was three minutes per K. And Ooh. I was like, fuck, like, F this. I just I just went back home, <laughs> packed my car, and I went back down to Girona. I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm not doing it. And uh, and when eventually I went, I, I took the plane to Bermuda, and I was like, well, worst case scenario, I'm just doing a race. Then I'm going to Dubai for two weeks for camp before Abu Dhabi, so I'll see yeah. And and yeah, I woke up in the morning, went for my easy jog, and I'm like, "Well, I actually feel good. Am I? Am I do something today?" And then uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a good swim. We started the ride, and I saw the group was willing to work. We had two Japanese guys; they were really like keen to work, and we had a uh, the Japanese love guy, to and, work. Yeah, they all this happy, you know. They all this say yes. So it was it was ready to go. And then we do have um, we did have like a young Swiss guy, Simon Westerman. Same, he was, he was oh, really yeah, strong, yeah. taking his mm. pools and working and. And you know, sometimes you just you just need to find the right words. So I remember going with the guys and, and Vasco. I remember I told him, mate, that's that's a podium for you. Kshongo Lehman, I remember I told him, Yeah, well, that's might be the first race you can win here, the World Series. So, you know, and, and everyone was kind of like kind of keen to work and kind of keen to try. And um and I remember at some point we kind of crossed path with the others and uh with the chasing group and um and he was, uh, and, and I could see Christian was really yelling at the guys. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's two different approaches, but we'll see which one works. And uh, yeah, end of the bike, we still managed to add 45 seconds. And then I paced myself quite good on the run and one with maybe four or five seconds, but that was enough. And then, yeah, well, after we went to Dubai, I had a good training that come there with my, uh, with my squad. And um, 
And I remember I arrived in Abu Dhabi and I knew like I was good, but not good enough to win a grand final. Like definitely I knew, I yeah. knew. And, um, and uh, in 2019 in Lausanne, when I was going for the world title for the grand final, I remember all the French, they came up to me and they said, well, if we can help you in any way during the race, we'll help you. We ride for you. We do everything we can. But it it was such a high level racing with Christian, Mario, Ravi. They were like, we, we're going to do our best to help you. And they did. And I remember coming to uh, coming to um, Abu Dhabi Grand Final last year, and and I kind of had this same like chat with the boys, and I say, well, Leo is he, he can be world champion, so we have to make it happen. We can help him, and I'll take care of the swim, and I'll take care of most of the bike, but I, I need you guys' help. And Dorian was a bit sick, so he he kind of um, kind of uh, struggled, but uh, Pierre Pierre gave he, everything he had. He could not even run after he had to stop. And I, uh, yeah, I did, I did everything I could and ended up seventh, but yeah, that's, uh, Leo is a good friend. I know him for so long. And, uh, and I remember I always told the Federation, if there is one guy in France that can make it to the highest level, that's, that's going to be Leo. So you have to take care of this guy. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy for him. Uh, he, uh, he brought the world title, uh, home and, uh, it, it, it's also like kind of, um, Kind of give some hope to the people that we can still like kind of have a bit of breakaway and, and try and work hard and everything. So that's uh, no, that was good. That was good. We did uh, we did what we planned, and when 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 it works, it's all it's all this nice. But yeah, I was really happy for Leo. He really deserved that. I think he was really consistent the whole year, and um, beating you guys is really hard. So it took a whole team to do it. I think if anyone, it was so cool to see Leo win. Um, and he's such a, like, just such a humble dude and he's always up for a good conversation. And obviously, you know, some of the stuff he's going through with his partner right now, like it's just incredible to see him like put so much energy into, into that, into Angie, because, you know, she's, she's going through some treatment at the moment, but also like still performing at the biggest level. Like it's, it's incredible, you know, and, and kudos, you know, kudos to him. Like it's just so cool to see him, see him just performing so well and and pushing us. I I remember the first time I raced Leo was in the Gold Coast at the Grand Final, and we had a little sprint finish at the end. And like, yeah, he's we've just been mates ever since, and uh, he's he's always up for a good chat before the race. And uh, yeah, one day when I sort my shit out in the swim, hopefully I can work with him so he can pull away one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> well, you were close in Abu Dhabi last year. That was that was yeah. A cool it was for if us, I huh? wasn't. Yeah, man. Like it was. I was six seconds out, and I even if I think even if I think I was at like was it didn't have COVID, I think I still would have struggled to get back onto your guys' wheel. Like the way that you guys were pushed in that first K was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I remember proper. jumping on my bike and, and after 500 meters, I saw the board and I saw your name like seven seconds. I was like, freaking <laughs> Shit, shit, I got to go. It was like my <laughs> best swerve and then I had no legs on the bike on all the run. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> also on Leo, oh, Leo seems like the bloody world's nicest guy as well. Yeah, yeah, it really reminds me. Uh, it really reminds me of uh, my good friend Mario Muller. You know, he's mm. he's all the yeah. smiling, all this up for a chat, and and no, yeah. uh, he's he's really humble and and um and you know, I um I told him a few times last year or even this year, I'm like, you're the bloody world champion, mate. You you gotta tell people what to do. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not about it's not about having the custom bike and and uh, and having world champion on your bio. It's also when you're on a breakaway on the bike, like like he was in Cagliari, I said, mate, or in in Sunderland, sorry, I was like, yeah. mate, you gotta tell people what to do. You don't have to be aggressive. You're not to be mm. yell at them, but 
these guys they're looking at you and and and, no. and just if you if you if you just tell them if you help them if you motivate them they'll do it but you you got to bring some charisma up there you're gonna you, you gotta have these people not not fear you but respect you and um and i guess he's still he's still learning he's still young and and you know he did not he maybe did not grow up did not grow up with the Brownies like i did and and you know he witnessed <laughs> that firsthand um, <laughs> but, oh yeah i've heard the stories <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that was that was good fun and you know it's it's i mean it's uh it's it's another story for another day but we've with alistair i think we all there's that this fight because we're basically the same age and and i mean he's a year, year older and and johnny's a year younger but we all there's like been together like from from the start of the race for like three quarters yeah. of the races we've been together and so many pushes on the bike so many like elbowed and everything but <laughs> end of the race we just smile at each other shake hands and say what well, that was great race because yeah, yeah, yeah. We just respect each other respect racing and and you know we i raced him the last time i raced him was 2020 in valencia and uh we had we had a world cup during covid year and and we did everything together break three months breakaway and on the run I, I pulled him along for like I don't know, 4.2 Ks. That was a sprint distance. And I knew, yeah. I knew like he had no chance on a sprint finish with me. So I knew he, <laughs> he had to attack, but I kept the pace quite hard. So I was like, but he's going to still attack. But I was like, he has so much ego. He's so much yeah. ego. He is going to attack <laughs> even if he dies. Oh, and he did. And he did. Pure Alistair style. He did. And then I remember beating him crossing the line. And he told me something like, you see, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, well, you're just here because I wait for you oh, during the run, yeah. and we start talking, you know, because it's just, it's just like he just respects, he just respects hard work, he just respects yeah. racers, and uh, and mm. despite despite like having a few, uh, sometimes I think borderline borderline things during races and words <laughs> and everything, I still love the guy because I mean for me he's one of the greatest racers of all time, and and, yeah. I, and I just love that he respects the people that are willing to work and everything and. And I think he also respects me because he straight away knew I wasn't scared of him. Like he straight away yeah. knew that, yeah, well, mate, you can like a for ten years I did not understand a word of what you were saying because of your accent, <laughs> and and b like I don't care, I'm still gonna try and beat you. So you know that was that. that was good fun and that was good years of racing. You know it will always be fun with him. And um, yeah, yeah, you know that's that's a big big difference between a guy like Alistair and and a guy like Leo. But uh, but I do believe that Leo, if he, if he tends to like put the elbow out a bit more and 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 start to like encourage people to help him and to work with mm. him, I think I think he can he can uh, he can grow some uh, some support around him a bit more mm. because well uh, I'll be here and try to help him, but it's one more year and then uh, it's a farewell <laughs> to the blue carpet for me. So yeah, have yeah. To, support, <laughs> have to, deal, uh, to deal with it by himself, huh? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'd, lo I'd love to ask on that front because I see it quite a few times in races. Like Alex and Leo seem like pretty similar dudes. Like they wouldn't say too much in the pack, but I've seen you fucking bar up multiple times <laughs> in a in a in a bike group. <laughs> Hayden Hayden gets bloody bloody rowdy, and I know that for a fact. It's just, I guess, it's the the benefit of growing up with two older brothers that are more than happy to you know bully him through life a wee bit um <laughs> but do you also think you have that Hayden because you you know that you need to get going to get forward to these yeah. guys like like because you're you, you and you and Leo normally are doing two different races Leo is 
sweet i'm up here i'm off to go get away now and like vince will obviously be the same but you're like okay sweet my race at the moment is i need to get this bike group working to catch them is that why you reckon like because you want to win you know you're both winners at the end of the day so you need to get forward to do that and you can't do that by yourself so you you're probably is that why you bark a little bit more in a bike group and stuff yeah, I think so. Like I, I bark in respect of let's let's work. Like I wouldn't like go and, you know, go deep deep into the archives and go and riff into <laughs> some dude. But it's just more just like, you know, like, all right, boys, like I don't I, I there's a few people that I've even gone up to and just said like, Okay, what happens in a bike group, especially when it's when it's twenty deep, um, uh, you just wanna have four or five guys working hard. It's, that's normally what happens and it's great and we're rolling really nicely. But then these guys that slingshot themselves up to the front and then they kind of slow the rhythm. And then I'm just like, to those yeah. guys, I'm just like, don't worry, don't get in the way, just fucking just move and we'll do the work. Just, just don't <laughs> slow the pace. And uh, it, happened, it happened in the mixed D relay, not at, um, uh, there's actually, it always happens in the mixed team relay. Actually, it was in Hamburg a couple of years ago and like I've gone to know really well, Elam Hollam. And uh, he always reminds me about it, but I and I always remind him about it. And uh, we were just like, I had a good swim, and we came out together, and uh, we were in the group of six or seven. And uh, I just, I was like working really hard to catch up to the to the front group in this in this mixed team relay. And and I just looked at Holland, and uh, I was like, and he wouldn't pull a turn. I could see his face; he was pretty cooked. But I, I, I just you know bark at him and just said like come on mate like let's start working together like hurry up like take a turn take a turn pull pull like back and pull he's like you're just gonna you're just gonna outrun us anyway and i was like yeah i don't care i just want you to suffer like just get into it (laughs) (laughs) and then like and then like they start rolling and it's actually good fun and like once you get a good roll and you know i i stop talking and but as soon as it stops rolling, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll start barking up a bit, but uh, it's just a bit of fun, but you always, especially the guys that you've barked at quite a lot, you just go back up to them after the race and say, oh, cheers for the help and sorry about the barking. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not a, it's not a uh, personal thing. It's just, uh, I just want to get up and go. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it's, it's always good fun. It's always good fun. Barking yeah. And, um, but it, it, I think it, yeah, as, as Vince says, the, um, depending the way you do it, um is is how the morale of the, the group will do and i think that's what we did really well if we look back i don't know if you watched the race vince in the com games and had a real good swim there and uh i was with taylor and and jamie and i was like all right boys come on we've got 20 seconds let's pull away this could be the podium and i kept on saying jamie i was like mate you could podium here you could podium here and and that just gave him some more momentum and he was driving really hard. And, you know, we got that 20, 20 seconds away uh, in a sprint distance. And, um, yeah, we're all pretty we're all pretty cooked and the boys blew up. But, um, you know, they gave it a good go, which was cool. So it's just like the, the way you – I think the way you, you word it is always, uh, is always <laughs> quite powerful. You, you know, you always got to tell them what they want to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's, that's about it. But they are also like different uh, – I mean, if it's your mate, like if it's if it's like – um Taylor or um or um or Jamie, I think it's they they they're people, you know, they're willing to work, you know. If, yeah, if they don't yeah. pull, it's just because they're cooked. It's just it's yeah. not like <laughs> not like a back rat, you know. You we, we know we know who doesn't want to pull and we wants to pull and who can't and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's always a bit uh it's always a bit like different, but yeah, I I I, I try my best to be nice. Exactly. Vince, did you ever race with Bevan Doherty? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, I heard he. I I heard he was aggressive. 
<laughs> yeah, he was okay, but well, he, you know, I raced, I, I raced with him. You know, actually, he he, he made me start triathlon. He was my idol go. back then. Yeah, wow. I, watched, really? I watched him. Uh, I watched him finishing uh, second in at the Olympics 2004, and yeah, he was wow, so classy, so everything. Yeah. But well, I raced with him, but I raced when the Bronies were already there. So the problem was all these guys before, you know, they. Um, the, the, the barely the barely reached 300 watts uh, average on the bike and and then yeah. we had the Bronley coming so this guy <laughs> whatever they want you, we, you can't hear them from the back so it's like uh, yeah and uh, yeah I remember racing him and I actually remember a race I think might have been the Olympics and uh, in in 2012 there might have been the Olympics and I was running into transition next to him it's like fuck that's been the Curti and I'm like, well, man, you have a business to do here. You can't keep watching. I, I remember inside, you know, I was on the inside ready to rack my bike and he was on the outside. And for some reason, I had to go further than him. And he was like, I, I could see he wanted to rack his bike when I was in the way. And I'm like, mate, you can be Olympic medalist. You can be everything. That's the games here. And I'm going to beat you. So I don't care. You're going to have to wait until Let's I pass go. until you rack your bike. I would, I would love Let's to go. see a sprint. I'd love to see a sprint finish between you and Bev because I know Bev had an absolute stunner yeah. of a kick on him. That would be real cool. Well, to see. I, think, um, I think now at our ages we will both put a hamstring, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, talk, talking about, like, I guess our last thing just before we, uh, before we head off on the hour, um, talking about pulling hamstrings and everything, um, sprinting. It's good to see you back on the uh, the Super League start line and. Uh, this time and as as teammates for the Bahrain team, which would be cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that? good. yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I uh, yeah, last year that was that was some like a bummer really with uh, with my Achilles. But yeah, this year I managed to get to get injured uh, early enough in the year so I can race. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, that's food, uh, you know. <laughs> they come by quick, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy and uh, cool. and you know what? I was looking at the lineup. Actually, I think the teams are, are really like fair. Yeah, cool. it's gonna be uh, yeah, it's gonna be good good racing and uh, yeah, that'll be really fun. And I think uh, we we do have a good team, so I still mm. think we can win. Um, and uh, yeah, but just just racing Super League is fun. Just the vibes yes. and everything, I love it. Yeah. And and I think it's pretty cool. And that's another race in France for us, which is really nice. Yeah. I think Tudor is going to be crowded. I have so many friends that are coming. So that, that'll, yeah. be, that'll be really fun. And um, yeah, just, just racing Super League again, being in the same team, that'll be fun yeah. And, yeah. and everything. So that'll be, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be good. As long as they give me the, the short shoot, uh, that, that'll be all right. <laughs> you can have the short shoot for sure. <laughs> you guys are going to have to have like an arm wrestle over it or something. Yeah. Who's going to get it? Dive, dive. MG would just give it to all of us. He was like, oh, I swear I had like four short shoots in this yeah. race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the type of guy that would, eh? Hey, yeah. um, just before we do wrap up, because we've been gone for a while, I think it's something that everyone probably wants to to you know have a little bit of inside on um when we had johnny on the podcast johnny was talking about the biggest privilege in his life um and probably you know the biggest highlight of his life was racing the olympics in his home country we're not too far away we've got the test event very very soon um you're on the start line for that one Vince. you're looking good for that yeah yeah and and then next year obviously the big dance itself and that's going to would be i guess your swan song you've done everything in triathlon you know you've you're a world champion you've done super league you know you've won multiple races you've done everything but the thing that still is you know has evaded you is that is that 
top three steps when it comes to the Olympic Games? Like how you must be fucking focused on this. Like this must be everything to you right now. Like I just want to know a little bit just before we do wrap things up about how much of like a privilege this is, how much it means to you and also how much, you know, you want this one. Yeah, well, that's going to be pretty crazy, you know, because uh, I, I mean, if, if if I go next year, that would be my fourth Olympics and, and I'll be lucky enough yeah. to race on home soil. And and some people, they do the Olympics four or five times, but they they never they never get the chance to to do it, to race in front yeah. of the home crowd. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty buzzed about it and, and uh, really looking forward to to do it. And um, yeah, already, you know, 2019 Grand Final in Lausanne. So it's it's Switzerland, obviously, but it's it's pretty close from France. And, and I was already so much... French people, that was crazy. So yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I know the I know the French are really big, big fans of triathlon and really good mm. crowd. So I think that'll be awesome. Already test event plus um also Super League Toulouse will be will be insane, I yeah. think, as as, yeah. as a as a support and cheering. But yeah, obviously, um, obviously, as as you said, um, the masterpiece that I miss in my in my career is is this Olympic individual medal. Um yeah. and, and straight away, and I've always said it, I will I will I would give everything I've done in triathlon, all the all the wins, the, the the world titles, everything for one for one of these Olympic medals, like straight away, yeah. no no even thinking about it. Um, but yeah, uh, if if I, if that can happen on home soil and 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 be my uh, and be my last dance, then I'll be I'll be pretty stoked with it. And I think what that'll be tale. that'll be I what think that'll be tale. that'll be me done with uh with everything swim bike run. But that yeah. uh, that could be uh, that could be great. But but on top of that just just being lucky enough to live the the life i'm living and and having this chance of racing in front of of my country represent my country and 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 most of everything make my uh, my family proud that's that's just the thing mm. i want to do and 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 you know my parents they don't come to races because they're always a bit far away and and they they're not yeah. big travelers and everything so I, I hope I hope my dad will come to see me in Paris. <laughs> that'd be <yet>. awesome. <laughs> but, but yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be that'll be great. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I I really want to race this race at full fitness and uh, and then hopefully yeah. uh, get get a good uh, get a good result out of it. But yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. But um, yeah, that's that's those things that we are really privileged with, as Bronny, as uh, Johnny said, racing in front of the home crowd and. And I remember, you know, the, the 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 fun fact is when we've been lined up on the pontoon, because it's some sort of weird like the, the numbers at the Olympic they they don't yeah. really make sense. It's like by nation yeah. or whatever. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. We were called the free French were called before the the Brandy brothers, and uh, when they called them, the ground like shook. That was holy. And I remember looking at the two of the French. And we start smiling and we're like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> I've never, ever seen that again in my life. Oh, like the, man. The crowd, the noise. I remember running like during the race, crossing the line and my, he- my ears were still be- buzzing. Like there was like, <laughs> like this loud pitch, high pitch in my ears. And I was like, what just happened? Insane. It was like the Com Games as well. Like not as, not as big because I don't think, you know, obviously both Brownies weren't there, but like, it was the whole course of two and a half K was just like three, four deep of people, the whole course. Like it's just, they just love it. Hey, like they grab a sport and they just, they just go for it. But um, yeah, I guess to, to wrap things up, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be awesome to see you in Paris in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be great to see you back on Super League and uh, a place where it's very familiar for you and where you've always been dominant. Uh, I think, 
yeah, wrapping it up, I think the one thing that's always stuck with me, uh, with you, was actually when we were in Malta for the first time and it was um, a training session around the course and I stacked it, uh, cut my um, cheek open with about seven or eight stitches and um, I crossed, crossed the, oh, I think it was the first day and crossed the line and you're just like, mate, you need to keep going because I need someone to, to push me at the front and that's kind of stuck with me forever. So um, just like little things, like little gestures like that, uh, I think has really pushed me to be the athlete I am today. So thank you for things like that, Vince. And now I'm just looking forward to seeing you as well. Uh, it's been yeah. a while and hopefully we can pick up a coffee in Paris and um, hopefully we can see you at full fitness as scary as it is and as, as scary as I don't want you to be at full fitness um I think it's going to be the coolest thing to have everyone in Paris next year just like the best in the business at their their peak because that's what you want you know you want to beat the best yeah. when they're at their best so and I think we've still got a lot to see from you Vince so I'm looking forward to it yeah that'd be great thank you for having me and yeah a uh, lot of good memories with you uh actually yeah. I also remember Mallorca I think Super League when we kind of did the war race together at some point oh that yeah was- start and we were chasing henry or something yeah, on the bike yeah. we rode together yeah no that, that was fun, uh, yeah that was good fun so uh, yeah. yeah i'm uh, i'm uh, glad and, and and honored that i kind of marked your your career at some point with that no, that's cool i think you've um that's you've great. moved you've moved a generation of athletes especially in the french like it's even when you're not racing in french grand prix like you always just see like little vince signs out there and it's like oh maybe he'll come back one day but it's uh, it's it's crazy the movement you've you've had on the country man like it's insane yeah, well, that's. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm just trying to um, continue a bit of the legacy of Laurent. I think he was the first one, yeah. and he was really big inspiration for me about uh, everything sport. You know, sponsorship, everything. And I remember some of his words, and I think it's. Uh, it's definitely where I want to put the trend. And uh, yeah, if I can, uh, if I can inspire a few kids to do the same, then that's that's a that's a big win for me. That's that's all I care. Yeah, definitely, and he's def- oh, he's obviously got some some Kiwi roots in there with Andrea, and it's yeah, we got to know him a little bit too when I first kind of got into the sport with Andrea and the and the team. So it's uh, it's cool to see you yeah continue that legacy. Yep, 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 yep. All right, I'll see you uh, see you in a few days, weeks. Where? In, yeah, man, in, I'm week, in Paris on Monday. I leave on yeah Monday morning. Then there's a Barcelona flight at like six a.m. So okay. drag my ass out of bed and get that one. <laughs> All right. If you, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know until when you're staying, but uh, I've, um, I've got a bar there in Paris. We can go. Hey. Yeah, it's a one euro, beer, <laughs> one euro pint in plastic cups, though. So we can. Oh, we don't can... tell me. Don't threaten me with a good time, especially my coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can go there. Drinks on me. Nice. Oh, sounds good. Can we can we make that the next year after the Olympics as well? I'll be there. <laughs> oh yeah, we do. We'll do. <laughs> I'll 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 be there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Awesome. <laughs> sure. Awesome. No, no, sweet. Bloody good. Thank you. Uh thank you for joining us today, Vince. It's uh been a bloody pleasure having you on the show, mate. And I probably wouldn't get away with uh you know, this podcast if I didn't say um I think you know, my mum loves Hayden, but I think you're probably a favorite <laughs> triathlete. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. You know, it's no crazy because uh, Vince because, is uh, back because Alex she, Alex she told me the same. He's like, mate, <laughs> really? he's like, mate, new haircut. My mum's loves you even more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, bro, bro. Honestly, my mum was like, oh, when you got the when you did the tips in your hair, she goes, oh, tips in his hair now. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you look that camera dead pan in the eyes you just like scream to every triathlete's mum yeah let's say like, <laughs> there he is 
<laughs> we'll tune in next week. <laughs> he's the reason why viewership's been down lately in uh, WTS yeah. because yeah, he hasn't exactly. been racing. All the mums haven't been ra- watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask him oh. sometimes to watch that and <laughs> get some shares in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bloody good anyway, boys. All so right, good. Boys, thank yeah. you, Vince. Sweet, yeah, mate. No, cheers, Vince. Me. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye-bye. See you later, teams, mate. Catch you later. See you, boys. Bye.